Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermiss. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, David Crockett, and Lee. Coming to you from the D-Town Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. host Don Q. It is June 4th, 2023. Happy Sunday, guys. It's Sunday. Do you know what we're going to do? I, I've missed y'all, so let's play some music. Let's rock. Here we go. everybody doing out there today sunday right sunday sunday <sighs> sorry about friday had uh blinds installed in the house and uh you know the dude was here i don't think he was i was in the right frame of mind to sit here and give you a show why a power trip was going and uh when he left i was tired and you know it is what it is this is a free show it's on my time. I'm going to try and get you three days a week, but if shit happens, shit happens. Until I'm getting paid to do this, it is what it is. <laughs> All right. Let's cover some bases here, guys, real quick. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, if you guys could please, please subscribe, follow, whatever it is on your uh, situation there. Um, help a brother out. Uh, if you're on Spotify or Apple, I think those are at least the two. Uh, you can give us a five-star rating. If you want to give us a review, that'd be great. Um, I don't know if, if any of the other apps do that offhand, but if they do, same. Uh, and, guys, please make sure you're sharing these sh- episodes with your friends, your normie friends, your like-minded friends. your And, you know, I, I don't get too political too much, obviously. I mean, it, it is what it is. We're getting into that time of... Uh, the season where we're going to start talking politics a little more often. And, uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to try and give you shows that not everyone is talking about. That way, you know, we can rock and roll with this a little bit. 
Anywho, uh, also on uh, follow us on social media. If you're on social media, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, or the Ticker Talker, you can follow us at Don't Tread on America. And then if you're on Twitter, we're at DTOM underscore 1775. If you're not on social media, I do not blame you. You can uh, follow us at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. From there, you'll get show updates, any blogs that I do, anything of the such. I will not spam you. You will not get a bunch of crap. So just uh, follow us there. Subscribe to the show on any of those platforms. From there, you can message the show. You can email me. If you have any questions, concerns, ideas, you can send them my way. Anything that's going on in your neck of the woods, you can shovel them this way. And uh, we'll see if we can cover them for you. All right. So what I'm going to talk about today is some stuff, right? I've got a couple of, of decent shows, I feel, that are uh, that are good. That are going to encompass some of the things that's going on today in this world, in this country, and in your country, depending on where you're listening to us from, we're heard all around the world. And uh, a lot of these things, you know, encompass all of us. This isn't just necessarily an American thing. We, I feel, we feel that this is a, like when we talk about, or when Trump, you know, when Trump was president, he talked about the deep state, right? And a lot of the focus was on, America, the the deep state operatives. But <laughs> when you think of deep state, so like now we have a president presidential election coming up here in another year or so, and uh, we hear about the deep state again. We're hearing about that, and then we hear about DeSantis. Oh, he's being uh, supported by Soros and the Bushes and this person and that person. And is he is he establishment? Is he this? Is he that? I don't know. Whatever. I'm not. We're getting into that. That's another show for another day. I'm just bringing up a point. That when you say names like Soros and Klaus Schwab, and these aren't American people. These are world deep staters, so to speak. So it's not just an American thing. You're probably seeing similar situations in whatever country you live in. And if you are, feel free to share them with us. Like I said at the beginning of the show, check us out at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, DTOM underscore 1775 on Twitter. And share what you think is going on in your neck of the woods, similar to what we are facing here. Surely, our news is your news, and your news can be our news. So, what I want to talk about today is is the Great Awakening. Um, <clears throat> and there's different ideas of what that is. And um, <clears throat> essentially, I'm going to go through the history of what the Great Awakening is or was or is about to be, okay? So, there, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there have been a series of Christian and religious revival in the history of the American church. The period of these revivals is what is referred to as the Great Awakening, there are four recognized periods of Great Awakenings, all of which occurred between the 18th and 20th century. The Awakenings happened in the American colonies and were championed by the event. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm owed today, so I got a little frog in my throat. The uh, evangelical Protestant ministers. The term Awakening refers to moving from slumber. 
periods uh, that were characterized by a lot of uh, secular lifestyles with minimal Christian values. So during the four great awakening periods, Christians were observed to be aggressive and more enthusiastic in upholding Christian values and doctrines. There was also a widespread development of new religious movements and denominations. The individuals from the religions developed an acute interest in religion. The uh, evangelical Protestant ministers were responsible for the widespread revivals. The four great awakenings is what we're going to talk about right now. So, in my opinion, before I go on, there have been on record in history there have been four great awakenings what i'm what i'm getting at is i'm going to cover these four great awakenings okay so it's not they're not <laughs> we should be able to get all this in within an hour and i'm going to get to a point so stick with me guys and i'm going to if you've in the beginning here as i talked about we talk about enthusiastic and upholding christian values and doctrines think about what's going on right now and you'll understand where I'm going with this, reading these, the history of the four great awakenings in history. And you'll understand where we're going. I'm going to talk about a movie, movie, <laughs> that just came out this weekend. Now, it's nothing you're going to necessarily go see in your local movie theater. And I'll tell you how to find it and what it's called when we get to that point. So, just stick with me. So, the first great awakening took place between 1730 and 1743. However, there were signs of religious revivals a few years before it kicked off, especially among the ministry of Solomon Studdard. The first awakening was characterized by distinct changes in pastoral and preaching styles. The pastors mainly read their sermons to the congregation. The sermons were theologically complex and advanced to interpret. George Whitefield a British evangelist who left for Georgia in 1738 carried out campaigns focusing on revivalism. On his second return, the organized campaigns in Philadelphia to uh, New York. The result of his campaigns were the initiation of large masses of people into revivalism. He had a direct effect on British, Dutch, and German churches. The First Great Awakening was responsible for the conception of the American rhetoric of the revival, as argued by Michael Chomsky. The second Great Awakening, see, I told you, we'll get through these quick. <laughs> the second Great Awakening uh, took place in the United States. It started in the final years of the 18th century, century and lasted up to the mid-19th centuries. Despite being more intense in the Northeastern and Midwest regions, it occurred all over the United States. This awakening was not only for the rich and elite classes, it also affected the poor and less educated. Uh, Burned Over District, located in New York, was the center of the Second Great Awakening. The awakening was characterized by the formation of new denominations and communal, communal societies, pushing for women's rights was also in its peak during the Second Great Awakening. During this period, the, temp the temperance movements, which sought to encourage people to quit drinking alcohol, was also at its peak. Abolish movements, uh, which were focusing on the abolishment of slavery, were also common. And 
as we read that, I'm going to take a drink here. Hold on. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad they changed their mind on that alcohol thing. All right. So <clears throat> the third and the fourth great awakening <clears throat> are subject to controversy as to what, when, how, who, what. So when, when was the third great awakening? So the third great awakening was a period in history marked by extreme religious activism in the United States. It is estimated that it lasted from 1855 to 1930. This period had a lasting impact on the Protestant denominations in religion and was also marked by social activism. This may seem strange today when social activism is usually separated from religion. This period was largely influenced by the belief that once mankind managed to reform the entire planet, the second coming of Christ would occur. The movement was closely affiliated with the social gospel movement. This explains why social activism played a part during this period. The social gospel movement was known for applying Christianity to important social issues. Many movements emerged during this period, such as Jehovah Witnesses, Christian Science, Spiritualism, and Theosophy. Theosophy. It's like I thought it was missing a letter there, but no, that's what it is. So throughout this period, many important moral causes were accepted. This includes prohibition and the uh, abo uh, abolition, the abolishment of slavery. The um, <clears throat> an important thing to note is that many scholars actually do not believe that the Third Awakening ever happened in the United States. This is likely due to the fact that it's hard to exactly pinpoint these types of movements. They appear organically and can't be tied to any specific single events. So I'm going to I'm going to interrupt here. So <clears throat> obviously as time has gone on since the the invention or the the awareness of this country um a lot of back in the 1700s during the first awakening and even into the second was was strictly around religion christianity god now as we move forward into the third fourth and then the fifth great awakenings we sit here and think that and i think this is why the third and fourth aren't so much recognized as anything in particular because there's no one like this says single event now i would argue the fact that prohibition which if you know anything about prohibition obviously we know the basics they abolished alcohol right you can't drink alcohol can't drink you know whatever and <clears throat> that's all we really know about it because we we don't we don't study our history but essentially that was a a christian movement to abolish that because it was looked at as a sin now um obviously you could make the argument that when they brought back you know being when they abolished prohibition um people had said back back in these days when this happened that you know got that the devil was was running things and this isn't how it should be because there was plenty of people in this country that felt that alcohol should have been illegal you know what i'm saying now the way i look at it is is this I feel there are certain substances 
and and if I'm wrong, you know, it's your your it's your right to disagree with me. We can agree to disagree. We can agree to agree. This is strictly my opinion. Now, I'm not of the mindset of like a lot of libertarians who believe that you should be allowed to do drugs. Okay, but I will say this: I feel that if it's a natural situation. I don't know the word I'm looking for there, but if 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 God created the substance, let's let's call it like okay. For example, we feel that it's fine to eat meat. We feel it's fine to eat a cow, a chicken, right? Turkeys, goats, whatever, right? We feel that it's fine to drink milk from a, a cow. We feel that it's fine to eat fruits and vegetables and stuff, right? Why do we feel that? We feel that because God is providing for us, right? So you'll have some religions, for example, that feel that you shouldn't eat pork or um, certain seafood, right? Lobster, shrimp, whatever. For whatever reason. Well, it also states in the Bible, and we had this conversation because my daughter and her husband went through this period where they weren't going to eat pork and they weren't going to eat shellfish and stuff like that. And I was like, well, that's weird. And um, essentially, if... (laughs) If the animal, all of these things are God's creations, essentially. And I can't remember the what, what chapter, I think it was Mark, I can't recall the chapter verse. But it says, um, basically, of God's creations, man can partake of, right? And um, in like Jewish religions, it's similar as long as the food is blessed by a rabbi, right? That's where you get the term kosher, right? But whatever. So ideally, it is of my opinion that I believe that if God created whatever it is, then it is allowed to be partake. So in my opinion, strictly my opinion, like I said, you can agree to disagree, whatever. Weed, marijuana... Is a naturally resourced item. And in all honesty, hemp, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, is actually probably one of the best plants that can be grown on this earth. Now, obviously, it can be used for for evil intent, if you want to call it that. I don't personally think that smoking weed is a bad thing. I don't do it personally because of my job and whatever. But in, in essence, I feel that if you... If you do this on your own time and it doesn't affect your life or your work or it's kind of like drinking whiskey, right? I'm sitting here drinking a, a old-fashioned right now. Bourbon, uh, 1792, James Pepper, the inventor of the old-fashioned. I'm drinking his whiskey and his bourbon and uh, and I made me a nice old-fashioned, okay? Now, I'm not working. I don't go to work for another, you know, two hours. No, I'm joking. <laughs> for another 10 hours, 10 or so hours. Uh, probably closer to 11, but nonetheless. Anyway, so I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to sleep it off. I'm not going to even be drunk. One of these isn't going to knock me out. Um, now, if I were to take this to work, different story. Okay, so if I were to instead smoke a, a you know, a, a marijuana cigarette, same difference. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to sleep it off, whatever. Um, <clears throat> drink a beer, drink a couple beers, whatever. Now, you can say, well, beer is not natural. Whiskey's not natural. It has to be distilled. Okay. I, technically, you can't 
grow marijuana and smoke it off the plant. You have to dry it. You have to do certain things in order to smoke it. Um, I mean, I would even say cigarettes. Maybe not cigarettes because of the manufacturing aspect of a cigarette, but tobacco in general, like if you were going to smoke it in a pipe or, or whatever, um, those are natural resources. Now, why am I talking about this? I have no idea. No. <laughs> in essence, what I'm saying is as we move forward through time, um, like during this time in the early 1900s where they abolished alcohol, you know, it was devils, whatever, this, that, and the other thing. I believe it was allowed to come back. God allowed that to happen. Okay. The abolition of, of slavery needed to go, needed to happen in 18, what was 1865? Because we should not enslave people, no matter what color, right? We are all free men, free women, whatever color you are. The problem is, is we talk about these things in this country and, and we even have, are having some states and areas are having the discussion about reparations, right? Which I totally disagree with. Why do I disagree with that? Because not one person alive today has suffered from slavery. Therefore, did it, they, they do not deserve um, reparations. That's just my opinion. Now, if I have this conversation with certain people, I'm going to get yelled at as being racist and you don't know what it's like and da-da-da. Okay, you're right. I don't. But I do know this. You weren't a slave. <sighs> The abolition of slavery is fine. It was just. It needed to happen. That wasn't. Slavery is not God's way. It was a time, time, you know, period of the time. The problem is, is today we have slavery today. And I would even venture to say that we have forms of slavery in this country. We know there's forms of slavery still going on in Africa and China and different parts of the world but i would even say that there's if if you're a person who lives in poverty okay now by that i mean you work let's say you work a job whatever your job is but you're you're not making any money whatever the poverty line is i don't know what that dollar amount is i think it's like under forty thousand a year 30 something and there's plenty of people in this country that fall into that line that's in my opinion a form of modern-day slavery. Now, um, <clears throat> you could even go as far as to say, and I think I told this story before, like when we were in New York on vacation a couple years ago, their homelessness is is out of control. Now, it's not so much that it's out of control because people are lazy and they want, they want to be bums. Most of the people that are homeless work. It's just that New York is so expensive to live that they can't afford it. I, I mean, that's basically what it is. I think I told the story one day we were on a sightseeing bus, and I'll get to the rest of my great awakening here. Just, just stick with me. You know how I do. <laughs> and a uh, gentleman, he's a tour guide. You know, on the bus. If you ever been in New York, they get on the double decker buses and they tell you about this building, that building, this park, that park. And um, <clears throat> the guy rolled up with a suitcase. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, but I was told later on that a lot of these people, these tour guides and stuff like that, um, 
are homeless. Now, this guy, a lot of these guys, women, work. They work a 40-hour-a-week job. And I'd even venture a guess that they probably make pretty good money in general, but not for New York, right? And that's why you see these situations. And I, and I look at that as kind of a slavery-type thing. Anyway, so some of the uh, parts of this period could likely be attributed to some other movements. An entire third Great Awakening is only loosely explained. However, there is no denying that these events occurred. Awakening similar to this one happened in Korea and Britain during the same time period. Similar to the one in the United States, these periods were marked by church growth, social action, and mission overseas. The Protestant churches in the United States were growing at extreme speeds during this period. Their wealth was consistently increasing, as well as their levels of education. What started off as churches based around frontiers were now highly influential, influential, God bless, influential centers based in cities and towns across the country. (laughs) many intellectuals of that era took part in the movement and were strong advocates of the of christianity they tried to systematically reach the parts of other countries where there were no churches and spread the religion um some of these intellectuals and scholars started building schools universities and were closely tied to christianity The majority of people included in the movement were strong uh, supporters of the Republican Party and were advocating social change and prohibition. The American Civil War actually interrupted the awakenings in many cities, but it managed to stimulate revivals, especially in the south of the country. This was prevalent in the Confederate States Army. Once the war was over, the awakening continued in the same vein, vein as before. All across the nation, people were organizing to promote Christianity as a driving force behind social change. Religion was used as a tool to promote the prohibition of alcohol. Not only that, but many women were included in the Awakening Movement organized to fight against pornography and prostitution. Throughout this time, all of the big church denominations supported the missionaries' activities These activities took place inside the United States, but also all over the world. So, like I said, back in those days, there was a a large sloth of people that felt that drinking was of evil doing. And I would say, how do I want to put this? I don't want to demonize drinking because obviously, right? I love to, <laughs> damn, I didn't even say like, <laughs> I love to have a glass of whiskey, bourbon, whatever you want to call it. I mainly drink bourbon. Occasionally, I'll have some some scotch, some Irish whiskey, whatever. Last night, oh, I've been dying to try a rusty nail. If you don't know what that is, I'll tell you. Rusty nail is drambuie and scotch Uh, I'm not going to tell you the mixture because maybe I'll do a drink video on it tomorrow because it's pretty good Um, I will say this my wife tried it and she hated it but you know (laughs) she's a wine drinker so there you go Um, if you are a black licorice 
liker, lover, it's the drink for you. If you don't like licorice, if you don't like black licorice, and I'm not, and like I, I was telling Chris today, I'm not a, I, li- I like blue, black licorice. I'm not a, I can drink it every day or eat it every day kind of guy. You, you understand what I'm saying? I Occasionally I'll have a hankering for some black licorice. I've been dying to try this drink. So I bought some Drambuie, made the drink last night. It's pretty good. It's not a everyday drink. I can drink an old-fashioned every day, okay? I can drink a Godfather every day. Godfather, um, well, if you want to know what a Godfather is, go to our TikTok. And uh, don't tread on America TikTok. You know, and you'll know how to make one. But it's essentially uh, Sam Amaretto and uh, Scotch. It's very good, very sweet. And uh, anyway, so I think in early times, in the 1800s into the 1900s, alcoholism was a problem and i'm not saying it's not a problem today there's obviously people that have issues with alcoholism and i think that's where prohibition kind of came into place and i think that's where the church fell into pushing prohibition because a lot of people of those of that time in those means if you're very much a church person um people looked at it as demonic you know because if you get drunk off your ass, you get a little crazy. And and I think that's where your pornography and prostitution also fell into the same crux with alcoholism. And I think, I don't think that you should abolish certain things because not everybody suffers from a um, ism, so to speak, of that substance, whatever that is, whether it's, alcohol pornography prostitution and and i'm not saying i'm look go visit a prostitute i'm not saying that but i would i would say alcoholism number one and then maybe like sex addiction you know whether you want to tie that into pornography uh prostitution whatever that's more of a sex addiction if you're addicted to having sex whether i guess be with yourself with pornography or with just random whores (laughs) But uh, alcoholism is a serious problem in this country and probably most countries. And I I don't think it's because of the abundance availability of alcohol. I don't think that's the problem. I think it's a personal problem. I think if if you're a person who has a substance abuse mentality or an addictive personality, whatever that addict uh, is, whether it's alcohol, drugs, pornography, sex, um whatever it's a it's something you suffer from so i understand the reasoning as to why prohibition took place and from a christian standpoint so the fourth great awakening was a christian awakening that some scholars most notably economic historian robert fogel said took place in the united states in the late seven uh, 1960s into the early 1970s while others look at the era following World War II, the terminology is controversial. So I guess in essence, you could probably, if you want to broaden it out and say from probably the early 1950s into the 70s. With some historians believing that religious changes that took place in the U.S. during these years were not equivalent to those of the first three Great Awakenings. Thus, the idea of the fourth Great Awakening itself has not been generally accepted. Um... <clears throat> Whether or not 
they constitute a, an awakening. Many changes did take place. The mainline Protestant churches weakened sharply with both membership and influence, while uh, the most conservative religions denominations, such as Southern Baptists, grew rapidly in numbers, spread across the United States, had grave internal theological battles and schisms, and became politically powerful. Other evangelical and fundamental denominations also expanded rapidly. At the same time, secularism grew dramatically, and the more conservative churches saw themselves battling uh, secularism in terms of issues such as LGBT rights, abortion, and creationism. Now, what is creationism? That's basically the idea of whether or not this world was created by God or the quote-unquote Big Bang Theory. So, um, let me see. If I want to read all of this, um, yeah, I'll run through here. Um, power shift was changed uh, in event, and <laughs> boy, evangelicalism itself, with new groups arising and existing ones switching their focus. There was a new emphasis on personal relationships with Jesus, from newly styled non-denominational churches to community faith centers. This period also saw the rise of non-traditional churches and megachurches with conservative theolo theologies and a growth in parachurch organizations while ma uh, mainline Protestantism lost many members. The Jesus movement is considered to be some by the part or is considered by some to be part of the fourth great awakening. Uh, Vincent Sanan argues that Karam charismatic awakening occurred between 61 and 82. This stemmed from Pentecostal movements that took uh, emphasis on experience of what they saw as gifts of the Spirit, including speaking in tongues, healing, and prophecy, which you guys are, I'm sure you're aware of what I'm talking about, the revivals. You see the people, you know, you know, I'll heal, you know, and all that. And, you know, I guess it's all in the belief of what you believe. I think a lot of healing is done in your heart. Okay. It also focuses on strengthening spiritual convictions through these gifts and through signs taken from from the uh, Holy Spirit. Originally a Protestant movement, its influence spread to some of the Roman Catholic Church at a time when ca Catholic leaders were opening up to a more uh, <laughs> ecunism, economical, economical. <laughs> it. Ah, whatever. It reduced emphasis on institution structures and, and increased emphasis on lay spirituality. Trends. Uh, so essentially, I think I think what, what basically happened. So you figure prior to 1960, 1970, the popul in this country anyway, the population of this country was north, was in the north. Now, why is that? Anyone? Does anyone know why the population of this country was primarily in the north of this country? It's because it's hot in the south, okay? And until the advent of air conditioning, people lived up north, okay? Now, the term snowbirds, which if you live in the south you are, are, are aware of, became more prevalent 
in the early 1900s with the advent of the automobile. And even in the late 1800s, you know, with trains and whatever, but especially when the automobile came about. Because people who lived in the north would travel to the south to live in the winter because it wasn't so bad and would go back home. Now, um, nowadays, obviously, they still have those snowbirds. They have still have that. I don't think it's as prevalent. Living in Florida for as long as I've lived here, I wasn't born here, but I was raised here. I've lived here for 40 years, 42 years. And um, in that, even in that time frame, I'd say snowbirds have decreased in numbers. And I think the reason that is, and this is just my personal opinion, is 40 years ago, the snowbirds of those times, the people that were in their 60s <clears throat> at that time, 40 years ago, were from the period of time when you could retire, <laughs> actually, when you were 60 or so, 62 you know, you you might have had a job working wherever and had a pension and you left and you you could afford to have two homes and live in the south in the winter. And, and you know, you might have had a condo or whatever down here and then, you know, house up north, wherever. Um, I think as time progressed and jobs got shittier and people got away from companies, got away from pensions and more into 401k and um I'm fortunate that the company I work for, I have a pension and 401k. So, but there's a lot of people that aren't fortunate like that. Um, so I think that's kind of the halted, the, the movement of snowbirds, so to speak. But I think that's why you saw and movement to the South, to the, to the Baptist, the Southern Baptists and those types of things, because more people started moving to the south because you know well yeah it might be 100 degrees but i got air conditioning in my house right so basically what is what is what this boils around is this the four great awakenings of history that we, we that we could talk about that we, were history they are proved proven somewhat or written let's let's put it that way they are written so therefore they are history um we're essentially based around God, Christianity. I don't even want to say Christianity per se because it, it involved other religions. So um, just God in general or Jesus Christ, um, however you want to look at it. And um, I think it, it also caused over the four different Great Awakenings an expansion of religion because I think all religion, essentially, from from the basis, all religion, basically revolves around God. It, whatever you call God uh, depends on that religion, right? And some religions interpret the Bible or the Quran or whatever, the, the story of God, a little bit differently. But I think essentially they all kind of come to the same point. I, I mean, the Quran a little bit differently, obviously, but whatever. I mean, hell, <laughs> I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that, but I mean, Jesus, right, as far as we know or what we are being told, was a Jew. So we talk about Christianity. Well, that's based around the, the, the life of Jesus Christ, right, who himself was a Jew. So obviously there's some connection between Christianity and Judaism. But I'm not going to get into that. This isn't a theological discussion. Um, 
but basically, there's a new movie coming out, okay? And it's called The Great Awakening. Okay, so the themes of this movie have evolved over the past year. And I, I'm not any part of this movie. And um, I've yet to watch the whole thing myself. But it's interesting because... the And I'm going to play the trailer from the movie. I, I don't think I'll, I'll get in trouble for doing that. And we'll promote the movie here. Um, and I think you can see it. I believe you can see it on Twitter. At least there's links on Twitter for you to find it. Um, and, and essentially, and I, let me play the, let me play the, um, the, uh, what, what am I looking for here? What's the word, Don? Trailer. Let me play the trailer from the movie and you'll get an idea and, and I'll, I'll catch up with you on the backside. You'll get an idea of what it has to do with Christianity and whatnot today. Breaking news, the president declaring a national emergency. The new stay-at-home order. We will shut you down. Don't think you can get on a plane or a train. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And we will take you to jail. We've got to get them vaccinated. Or we will keep you in a facility longer. As the world was descending into synchronized tyranny, I began to ask myself, how did they get everyone to go along with this? Obsessed with finding the answer, I began studying every moment in recorded history where masses of people acted against their own self-interest. The only mechanism that could explain what was happening in society Screw your freedom, you're a schmuck. was what is usually referred to as mass formation. Here we are now with an economy in crisis, but with an incredible opportunity. Unprecedented opportunity for a reset. Your Royal Highnesses, distinguished heads of state and government, the future is built by us. We need a great reset. When they say, you'll be happy, what they mean is, you'll be enslaved. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Who masters those technologies will be the master of the world. Those who control the data control the future, not just of humanity, but the future of life itself. Every aspect of our life has been infiltrated by people that do not have our best interests at heart. There are forces using fear and isolation to induce mass psychosis. I don't want you to be hopeful. Environmental doom. Fires. I want you to panic. Storms. It will kill your children. I want you to feel the fear I feel every day. People are starting to wake up. They're starting to wake across the world. I'm seeing people come together from all walks of life, finally saying enough is enough. We didn't come here for no reason. We have a voice and we're here to share it. We have to be the solution. We cannot rely on the media, the president, or whoever to fix these problems. I would rather pick up cans on the side of the highway than to live out of alignment with my truth. We're all being driven back to the dream. As you see in the audience, Democrats, Republicans, white, black, everyone all in between. This is the example that they do not want to see, but they have no choice. The masses of humanity have been slapped awake. Open your eyes. It's time to wake up. This is The Great Awakening. 
So essentially, you know, if you if you were listening, hope you were. The Great Awakening is a um, is what we're dealing with now. So you had we had COVID, right? What happened during that? And we talked about this in shows in the past, and we brought up the WEF, we brought up Klaus Schwab, and you guys know all that stuff. What's going on now? So, essentially, this movie bowls around the world domination of the deep state. Now, I know deep state is more of an American term, but the global elitist, whatever you want to call these people, okay? And it's about control. Now, it is of my opinion that COVID was a test. A test of what they could see now, what what they could get away with. Now, <clears throat> some people argue, and we even had this conversation on this show, as far as COVID and the vaccines was a world was a way to uh, depopulate. And I think that kind of was a bonus, I guess, if you want to look at it like that. But I don't think that was the main goal. I think the idea was to see how people would react. I think the problem is is they didn't scare us enough, okay? Because at least in this country, you still had 30-some-odd percent of the people that were like, I don't think I trust this. And then when people, when the some people that got the shots and got two and three and four and however many shots still got sick and still died or still having complications now, you know, I think you you missed your opportunity. So you have to ask the question, what's going to happen? So I think like the one gentleman was talking about white, black, you know, whatever color, whatever religion, whatever background, it doesn't matter. As everyone comes together, we can fight this. And I think that's where, at least in this country, and I I can't speak for other countries because I don't see the news in other countries. But I also feel that that's part of the reason why they, whoever they is, want to get rid of TikTok. Now, I'm not a TikTok pusher, and I kind of get on there, and I make a video here and there and whatever. And I, I do watch some of the stuff, and it, and it does depend on what kind of algorithm you fall into. But if you're of like mind of us on this show, if you're on TikTok, you'll find the right algorithm eventually okay and i think the algorithm is eventually or is purposely put up initially like if you first get on uh on uh, tiktok it's based on your your uh online searches so if you if you have the app on your phone it's like okay whatever you look at on your phone is where your app's going to be if you look at car stuff or girls or cooking or whatever that's kind of where you're going to fall in line so you got to kind of work to get into your right algorithm excuse me um but i think i think and this is just my opinion and i've talked about this before that's kind of the reason why they want to get rid of tiktok we they try to scare us by saying it's a Chinese saying they're hacking your stuff. You're looking at your stuff. You're looking. Okay, maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. But you know who is? You know who I know <laughs> is looking at my stuff? Is you guys. Okay, so 
I'm not a Chinese apologist. Fuck China. I don't really give a shit about China. My point is this. Nine time, nine point nine times out of ten, when the government tells us that they, whoever they is, China, whoever, are they got this app and they're spying on you, it's because that's what they're fucking doing. And the only reason the government wants to take over fucking TikTok is because they want that kind of control. I think essentially what it boils down to, and this is just my opinion. I could be wrong. I'm not a fucking scientist, so whatever. But I think the reason they want to get rid of TikTok. And, and I'm not going to lose any sleep if they do because I, I don't make any money off of TikTok, whatever. <laughs> but I think it's a control thing. And what I mean by this, I did a show a little while back talking about social media. And they can't control TikTok. That's the problem. Now, they can control Facebook. They can control Twitter. They control they can control Instagram. They can control all of these, and they have controlled all of these. Oh, but Elon Musk bought Twitter. Fuck Elon Musk and his Twitter because he might be doing some of the right things, but he also hired a fucking chick from the WEF. So where do you think his, his allegiance are really going to lie in the long run? Okay? So whatever, whatever about TikTok or about Twitter and Facebook and all this, <clears throat> I've told you this before. Go If you have Instagram... Okay, and you have TikTok. Search Paris. Just type in the words Paris on Instagram. You're gonna see Eiffel Tower. You're gonna see people eating at cafes and baguettes and you know whatever, whatever. Search it on TikTok. You're gonna see mass demonstrations, riots, because that shit is still going on over there. We're not hearing about it. Why? Because that might put too many ideas in people's heads. In the meantime, in this country, we're trying to divide this country between races they can't divide us on religion because the bulk of this country believes in god so you can't really say you know you can't really try and divide this country on religion from a a muslim or a judaism or whatever thing so you have to try and divide it by religion by uh, race right blacks are blacks and white are evil they can't get along white people hate black people black people hate white people and that's not true and that's not true. If it were true, and I'm not saying some people don't do some bad things. I'm not saying that. There are just as many white assholes as there are black assholes and brown assholes and Asian assholes. I get that. The world is full of assholes. <laughs> I'm one of them. But I can respect my fellow man and woman no matter what color that person is no matter what religion that person is they the media the government the the powers that be want the division why because they don't want us to get along thus the fifth great awakening we have to we we the people of this country and of this world no matter what country you're listening to this from we have to stand strong and and i have another article and i'm really not going to read it because i am going to guess i'm just keep talking about what's in my heart because it is of my belief no matter what country you live in right now listening to this i don't care what country you live in i don't care what color you are i don't care what religion you are and you know who else doesn't care these people these global elites, these deep staters, these WEF, these UN, these whatever, whoever, whatever you want to call them. 
They don't care about your color. They don't care about your religion. They care about control over you. <clears throat> in this country, in 1865, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, which abolished slavery. What do these people want to do? They want to establish slavery. You'll own nothing and be happy. You know who else owned nothing and weren't happy? Slaves in this country. You know who else owns nothing and is not happy? The Uyghurs in China. The people in fucking Africa who are working in the diamond mines, who are working in the lithium mines, or lithium mines, digging for the lithium batteries for your stupid-ass electric cars. These people aren't happy, and guess what? They also know, own nothing. Okay? That message is to people like me and you, who you might have a house, you might have a car or two, you might have a couple of nice things, or you might have a lot of nice things. You might have a real nice house. You might own three or four cars. You might do a podcast in your man cave. Oh. <laughs> you might have a good life and you might have a decent life and you might have a half-ass life you might work at mcdonald's you might work at dollar general you might think your life sucks your life does not suck as bad as it can suck if these assholes take over that is why no matter what you do no matter what your social uh level is you know whether you make twenty dollars an hour or fifty dollars an hour a hundred dollars an hour we have to stick together. It doesn't matter if you're white, you're black, you're Asian, you're Hispanic. If you're in this country or if you're in another country. If you're in Paris, if you're in, well, Paris in the country. If you're in France, if you're in England, Spain, Singapore, Russia, China. Uh, I don't want to, I guess I I guess I could pull up. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on, hold on I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you all out here. Hold on. Where's my pod bean? Here we go, podcast stats. Let me go, and I'm going to break it down for you all like this. So here we go. If you live in Singapore, Spain, Mexico, France, Australia, Canada, Russia, Vietnam, Honduras, Nigeria, uh, uh, Matutis, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your country wrong, Germany, United Kingdom, Dominican Republican, Dominican Republic, I'm sorry. Uh, United Arab Emirates, Guatemala, El Salvador, uh, Dominican Republic of, uh, of the Congo, uh, Japan, Yemen. Those are the countries that last month downloaded this show. Okay? If you guys are listening to this show, it doesn't matter. I don't care what color you are, what religion, what nationality. It doesn't matter to me because we are all in this fight together. We are all in here together. Okay? And it is where we need to stick together and fight in this fifth great awakening because it is about God. It is about your religion. It isn't necessarily about Jesus Christ. It isn't about Buddha or <clears throat> Jehovah or it's all about your religion it doesn't matter what your religion is they're coming after it okay why do you think in this country we constantly hear how the fbi and the whoever wants to come after what what is the biggest threat in this country white christian males why why are white christian males the biggest threat 
because they want to demonize white Christian males. They want to cause division. So if you're a, a black person in this country and you're watching the news and they talk about how white Christian males are the downfall of this country, well, naturally, you're going to assume that every white male you see is your enemy. And we're not. None of us are your enemy. You're not our enemy. Which is why I personally believe that 90% of the time, you can go to the gym, you can go to the grocery store, you can go to the mall, wherever you live, and there's white and black and Hispanic and Asian and whatever people there, and it's not like it's a big melee. <laughs> we all get along, you know? It's only when you have bad actors of whatever color, of whatever religion, it has nothing to do with the color or the religion. They always try to make it about those things, and it's not. Point in case, the last couple of, like the last month or so, we've had a couple of different situations in this country where we had a shooting in Texas at a mall. We had the, the guy run the U-Haul truck into the gates at the, uh, at the White House. Both of those situations. What were we told? In this country, now I, I'm not speaking for outside of this country. I don't know if you heard about this news, but in this country, what were we told? White nationalists, white supremacists, white this. He had a Nazi flag, right? It, it, ring a bell, right? Okay, the situation in Texas, Hispanic male, okay? When, I don't know, uh, uh, hold on, I'll, I'll get to that, hold on. Um, <laughs> the, the situation in D.C. was an in, Indian, not a, not a, like a, from a, a Native American, but from India, uh, with a Nazi flag. Okay, so, I'm not an expert at white nationalism, okay? I'm not an expert at the KKK or anything else that has to do with uh, the white movement, whatever you want to call it. But I do know a little bit about something and the fact that if you're not, <laughs> if you're not white, you don't belong. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. If you're a Hispanic male and you feel some sort of way that white nationalism is the right way to go. If that's what you honestly, truly feel, but you're Hispanic, it doesn't matter what you feel. Those people aren't going to accept you. Why? Because they're fucking racist and you're brown. <laughs> I mean, I I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. Nazis don't give a shit about dudes from India. Why? Because you're brown. Okay, I'm not trying to be racist here. I'm trying to state a matter of fact. The fact is, there is no such thing as a Hispanic person that is a white nationalist. It's not, it's an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. Okay, so don't let the media, don't let these people push us into division on color. Not all white people are evil, just as much as all black people and brown people and Hispanic and yellow and Asian and whatever. These people aren't evil. These people coming into this country are not evil. For the most part, most of these people just want a better life. Do I agree with the way they're doing it? No, because I feel if you want to come to this country, you're more than welcome. Just do it the right way. Okay? This, in my opinion, this whole southern border situation is a way to, there's something else here. Now, just the other day, they caught a bunch of guys coming across the border, uh, Hispanic males with fucking ARs, AKs, with young children, 
So I'm sure there was something about that. You'll not hear the story. You probably heard it once, and that's it. You're not going to hear about it again. There's something else going on with that, and that's something we'll have to dig into. I don't care. We have got to stop fighting one another because it's here. The time is now. Okay? It doesn't matter who the president is. I don't know if Trump's the right guy. I don't, I don't know if DeSantis is the right guy. I don't know if RFKJ is the right guy. I know Biden's not the right guy. I know that. Okay? I know who is the right guy. And that's your God. And your God isn't any better than my God. But we can all coexist against those people. And we have to come together. Because if not, a nation divided will fall. A world divided will fall. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. It is June 4th, 2023. Guys, come back on Wednesday. It might be Tuesday because I got a daughter's point. I'll probably do it Tuesday. But anyway, come back. Subscribe to the show, whatever, and you'll see when it pops up. I got another show. I've already got it down. I was actually going to do that today, but this kind of popped in my mind earlier this morning. So here we go. So I have another show already ready to rock and roll. And um, and it's going to kind of piggyback off of this in a sense as to what these quote-unquote people are trying to do to us. So stay tuned for that. Guys, please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please share this with your friends, please. I know some of the shows aren't the best, but most of them are pretty damn good. Subscribe to the show, follow, go back, listen to some of the old shows, and share this with your friends. Guys, follow us on social media if you're so inclined. Don't Tread on America. If you're not on social media, that's fine. Check us out at don'ttreadonamerica.com. And you guys have a fantastic Sunday. And uh, I'll talk to you again later. See you later.